0: everybody, welcome to The Random Movie Club. I'm your host, Rob Logan, and each week I sit down with a co-host to discuss any movie of their choosing. The only qualification is that the movie is available to watch at home, whether that be on DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming. Before you listen to this week's show, I highly recommend that you watch the movie we're going to talk about, because we're going to spoil everything. Also, at the end of the episode, I'll tell you which movie we're going to discuss next week, so you have enough time to watch it. On this week's show, I'll be discussing Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with DJ Moore, the host of the Real Conversation podcast. Let's roll the film. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was released in 1989 from director Steven Spielberg. Written by Jeffrey Bohm and George Lucas, the film stars Harrison Ford, Sean Connery, and Alison Duty. Okay, so you chose Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, which I was thrilled to hear about because out of all the indie movies, without tipping my hand too much, it is my favorite of the three. But as I always ask my co-hosts, because it is your choice, why did you choose this movie?
1: It is also my favorite of the three. Yep. Not only is it my favorite of the three, but it is my all-time favorite movie.
0: Is it really? It is,
1: yeah. Uh, This is a movie for a multitude of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, This was, uh, this came out. In 1989, summer Mm -hmm. of 89, I had probably just gotten really into the first two movies Mm -hmm. within two years of that. Okay. And was obsessed with Indiana Jones. And I was nine, so a little too young to probably see it in the theater. Right. But my grandmother knew how obsessed I was with Indiana Jones and she kind of snuck me out for the day. And took me to see it. And it was kind of this secret little, like, we're not supposed to be doing this, but I'm going to take you and see it. And it
0: makes it even better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, it left such an impact on me that I can remember almost the entire day. I can remember what we did before. I can remember the ride up to the movies. I can remember the trailers we saw before the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just this. It's just one of those memories that's just always stuck with me. So a lot of it is nostalgia mm-hmm. reasons, but aside from that, I, I just think it's, it's a great movie. It's everything that the character was meant to be, I mm-hmm. feel. And obviously Raiders is the better film. I'm not going to argue that. It was nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. It's it's a much better film. But Last Crusade I just love. I love the comedy elements. I mean Spielberg's really only directed one straight comedy mm-hmm. in 1941. And it's not all that funny. mm mm-hmm but Spielberg does have great comedic moments throughout the rest of his movies. Totally. And this is one that I think it's just, this is his best comedy between the relationship between Indy and his dad, and just all these small little comedic lines and moments between the characters that just, I mean, it's hilarious and it's a screenplay that, When you go through and you, I mean, you watch it as many times as you and I probably have over the years, you still catch like little lines and little things that that you may not have caught the first 20 or 30 times you saw the movie.
0: Totally. Okay. So as I always do, I go to IMDb to get some trivia for this. Uh, And there's a lot of stuff throughout the movie. Obviously this movie is from 1989. So they have a lot of time to really examine and go back and check out everything. Yep. So when George Lucas met with Steven Spielberg to discuss a third Indiana Jones movie, he wanted to have it set in a haunted mansion. Spielberg had just finished Poltergeist and decided that he wanted to do something different. Lucas then came up with the idea of the Holy Grail and Spielberg added the idea of a father son sub story so that having the father son aspect, which is such a huge part of the film, was not even an original intention.
1: Yeah. And that's I mean, that is kind of. An example, not kind of, that is an example of how when Spielberg and Lucas work together and work together well, Mm -hmm. that's the result. It's it's that perfect marriage of their ideas where Lucas comes up with the idea to do the throwback to Raiders with having uh, this historical biblical artifact and then Spielberg comes up with the father-son dynamic.
0: Yeah, yeah. As Spielberg tends to. Yes, yeah. <laughs> not that it's a recurring theme or anything.
1: No, not at all. Not throughout his entire filmography.
0: <laughs> uh, Sean Connery was always Steven Spielberg's first choice to play Indiana Jones' father. As an inside joke to say that James Bond is the father of Indiana Jones, if that had failed, Gregory Peck and John Pertwee were backup choices for the role. Spielberg had always wanted to do a Bond film, but did Indiana Jones as a James Bond-type character. In keeping with the James Bond theme, the movie has many Bond movie co-stars. That pop up. There's like at least four different people that show up that were. uh,
1: Yeah. Last Crusade has a Bond girl and a Bond villain. Yeah. In the kind of indie girl, indie villain. Exactly. It's weird. Julian Glover, actually, when you when you look at what he's done, he's like, I mean, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Doctor Who, um, Bond. He's Mm -hmm. been in everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All over the place. Uh, the gun in that same vein, the gun used to shoot Sean Connery is a Walther PPK, the same model as Connery's James Bond gun. More nods. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, Harrison Ford cut his chin in a car accident in Northern California when he was about 20 in the movie. This cut is, is explained by young Indiana Jones cutting his chin with a whip. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I think it's only the only other Harrison Ford movie that I know of that explains the scar is Working Girl. So mm. it's, it's one of two movies throughout his entire acting history that actually.
0: Explain. Right. Right. Real life scar. And it makes a lot of sense to do that in an indie movie yes, it where yep. it's action oriented anyway. Uh, for the scene at the Nazi rally in Berlin where Indy confronts Elsa and steals back the diary, Steven Spielberg had all the extras who did the Sig Hale arm salute also put their other arms behind their backs and cross their fingers as almost a way to denounce what they were doing. That's a pretty
1: great piece of trivia. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Again, these are off IMDB. I don't know how many of them are actually like a hundred percent true. But I think they've gone through some vetting over the years. Yeah,
1: I'm sure they have. And and actually, that that reminded me of um, this was a line that I don't think I caught the significance of until I was much, much older. Mm-hmm. But uh, towards the end of the movie, when um, Donovan is talking to the, the king to try and get vehicles and stuff to mm-hmm. go into the desert, he's offering him gold. And he's saying it's it's from the finest families of in Germany. Yeah. So it's really all of the stuff that they stole from the Jews right. during the Holocaust. Oh, my so God. It's, it's another kind of Spielberg reference that, given his history in film.
0: Sure, sure. 2,000 rats were bred specifically for the production. They had to be bred especially as ordinary rats would have been riddled with disease. When it came to filming the rat scene, the producers inquired of their insurer, Fireman's Fund, whether they were insured if the animals were for some reason indisposed due to illness, an accident, or simply because they refused to perform. This was a delicate issue, as one lost day of filming can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yet the experts at Fireman's Fund were able to reach a compromise, which pleased both sides. They asked the director, what would be the least number of rats needed for a dramatic shot? If different camera angles were used, 1,000 rats would probably be sufficient, came the answer. Thus, Fireman's funds underwrote the world's first insurance policy with a 1,000 rat deductible. 1,000 mechanical rats were also used in the scene. That's a lot of rats. (laughs) That's a lot of rats. And uh, there was another piece of tribute to that I don't remember entirely, but there was another actress that was up for the role of Elsa and then turned it down because of her fear of rats Rats. and doing that one particular scene. Hmm. So that was a no go. Granted, they would do that all with like CGI now, which is so disappointing. Yeah. Yep. And it doesn't feel as real at all. Like our brains know.
1: I mean, and that's everything through these movies. The snakes, the rats, the bugs and Temple of Doom. Oh,
0: yeah, totally. Uh, when Dr. Jones Sr. scares the seagulls to fly up and stop the plane, they are in fact pigeons and not seagulls, as seagulls are not trainable. If you look closely, you can also see that there are a number of cutout seagulls in the sand, which do not move as the others do. <laughs> I did look for that, and I didn't even notice them, though, the the cutouts. Yeah. So they did a really nice job if there were cutouts.
1: Yep, classic uh, visual
0: effects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when Indy's bag is caught on the gun and is being dragged along the wall, no stuntman was used. Harrison Ford did it himself, and the crew just went along with shovels tipping dirt and clay on him from above.
1: And that is actually one of the scenes that drives me nuts yeah? in this movie. Because if you watch, it doesn't make any sense. There's no real way for him to get his bag caught on that gun tank. Not
0: really, no. He would really, have had to go no.
1: way off to the side, loop it under, and then get stuck. And the worst part is when he climbs up the tank, it's still stuck and he just climbs up. And yeah. It's, it looks like it's probably the worst cut in a Spielberg movie. It, <laughs> it's, you see the strap around the tank gun and it cuts to him climbing back onto the tank. Yeah. And there's, again, no discernible explanation
0: <laughs> they got it, themselves and they're like uh yeah it's
1: just one of those cuts that the editing doesn't match up right it's even from when i was a young kid it's something that drove me crazy the just the logistics if the logics is bothering <laughs> yeah. you as a kid then yeah yeah, that, yeah then
0: it's obvious yeah uh sean connery and harrison ford wore no trousers during the shooting of the entire zeppelin sequence mainly because it was filmed in a very hot studio and connery didn't want to sweat too much that's another great piece of trivia. Yeah. <laughs> you go back to watch that scene. No pants. Like, no pants. <laughs> and lastly, this is something that Spielberg likes to throw into us uh, along with many other directors. The Wilhelm scream. The very famous Wilhelm scream appears in this movie after the first grenade has been thrown in the desert gunfight scene.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably not the only time the Wilhelm scream is used throughout the Indiana Jones Oh, movie? I it's have no doubt it's not. Not even close. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, and if people don't know what the Wilhelm scream is, look it up on Google. You will be overwhelmed at how many movies this thing appears in. It's amazing. Movies,
1: cartoons, everything.
0: Everywhere. Uh, that's the end of the trivia though. So let's get right into the movie, I guess, kind of starting from the beginning and the young indie sequence. All right. Uh, I, I thought it was really cool to see the origin of Indy as he stumbles upon the treasure hunter. It was a great setup to have the movie lead us to believe that that treasure hunter was in fact Indy. Like we didn't know the boy was Indy yet. Yeah. And then his face comes up and you're like, oh, wait, that's not Indiana Jones. And it's that I love that nod to like yeah. his almost idol. He just recreated that look for himself as he got older.
1: Yeah. And that that entire sequence with young Indiana Jones is it, it's again, it just kicks off the movie perfectly. because mm-hmm. It's also full of so many great comedic lines and moments. Yeah. I think River Phoenix at the time was the perfect choice mm-hmm. to play. And he was handpicked by Harrison Ford. Yes, yes. Um he played Ford's son in the Mosquito Coast, so they'd already worked together. And um I mean just the, one of my favorite parts of that is when he comes out of the cave and he's yelling for this the Scout Master mm-hmm. and the rest of the scouts. And he says everybody's lost but me. Yeah. It's just such an Indiana Jones line. Yeah. Um and he he nails it.
0: Oh yeah. The the again a comedic thing. Uh the line it's only a snake. Yeah, very different from his feelings towards snakes later in the franchise. Yeah, And
1: then a few minutes later, you you find out why.
0: Yeah, yeah. Although he didn't seem to freak out too much at that point.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of the the lasting trauma that. Mm. that- left on him probably yeah yeah unless there's something we don't know about that happens years later
0: <laughs> and around that part that you're talking about the snake the bigger snake that the I assume yes, water moccasin the, that yep. pops its head out fakest looking thing in the movie yeah absolutely <laughs> hands down yep.
1: faker than what happens to donovan at the end of the movie <laughs> yes
0: yes entirely um the treasure hunter when indy gets away seems way more amused than angry
1: yeah yeah and it's another kind of hint that the Indiana Jones we know later in these movies took a lot from his run in with this man mm-hmm. because there does seem to be um, just in look and in attitude a, a similarity. So, yes. Yeah. Um, talk about lasting impression that this guy or this experience has left on Henry, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he still goes by Indy at that point. Right.
0: Right. Um, and then, of course, the passing of the hat. Right. And what a great, yeah, a great transition. actual film transition, yeah, too. Yeah, that's,
1: that's one of my favorite transitions that I think Spielberg's ever done. Throughout. Yeah. And I also, similar to the transition, is I love that throughout the series, Spielberg kept that opening the same, where it's the Paramount logo gag, mm-hmm. and it always, the mm-hmm. Paramount logo fades into something within the movie. Right. And that's, I mean, through... I mean, there's really only three Indiana Jones movies, but through all four Indiana Jones movies, <laughs> right, right. Um, they included that that joke. So.
0: In a in proper indie fashion, to that transition, it goes into almost like a hero shot, but then quickly gets knocked down as yeah. he gets punched in yeah, the face, straight in the face, which yeah. is very typical. Yeah. Did you have anything else with that scene, or
1: um, one one thing that stands out for that scene too is the music. Mm-hmm. This is. I guess, um, when it comes to John Williams, I'm, I'm more into movie scores than any other time. Yeah, me too. Um, but with this one, this is just one that. Every scene that has the score playing, I think, is memorable and made more memorable by that score. Particularly mm-hmm. this scene when he's um, riding towards the the circus train, mm-hmm. and it's just that great kind of beat that is. I mean, it's a it's the perfect theme for young Indiana Jones. Yes, it, it's not much of a nod towards the Raiders March, the classic theme, but um, it's just one that that always sticks in my mind. And when yeah. I think of this movie, I hear that song or that music playing in my head.
0: Oh yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, these movies are amazing for music. Yeah. Because John Williams, seriously, just because John yeah, Williams doesn't get better. Yeah. No, he's the, he's the best. Um, we then go to Indy's dad's house, uh, kind of in the modern day. And, uh, I'm curious. Like, uh, the only thing that really stuck out to me in that whole sequence was that Indy had waited to open up the journal that he got for so long. Like, why wait? Why not open your mail when you get it on your desk?
1: Yeah. And I, I think what that was was it's, it's, a nod towards this dysfunctional relationship that mm-hmm. Indy has with his father, that they're not on good terms, that he receives something from him and there's no rush to open it because mm-hmm. it's from dad and it's.
0: Did he know it was from his dad? I don't know. I, Cause he knew it, it was from Italy, but right. I don't know so if he it, knew who it was actually from. Well, and
1: if he was supposed to receive it without anybody knowing, chances are right. it didn't say it was from that. Right, right. So uh, it must have been the piecing together of his father being lost in Italy from what Donovan tells him. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Which inspired the opening, but then I'm like, why, why wait so long? Yeah. (laughs) It's an important package from Italy. That seems like a big deal.
1: Yeah. And then just jumping back quick to, um, the scene before they go to Indy's dad's house when he's teaching Mm -hmm. another throwback to a popular scene from Raiders, but also, it leads to one of the best jokes in the movie mm-hmm. when he's telling his class um, X never, ever marks the spot. Yes. Yes. And then jumps forward about probably 20 minutes, half an hour. And X marks the spot. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: exactly. Uh, and if we jump forward to that, the library, the knight's tomb. The sequence with the numbers where they're seeing the, them all over the yep, place inside the rules. library. It reminded me of how National Treasure wanted so badly to be Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones, but just yeah. couldn't do it nearly as well. Yeah. Like they're, they're putting all the puzzle pieces together and uh, and it's exciting in an indie movie and it's not as jammed in your face. Like the puzzles right. come up very fluidly instead of being like about the puzzle like National Treasure was.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what it comes down to is I don't think you you'd seen it done like this. Indiana Jones kinda set that standard. Mm -hmm. Whereas by the time we're watching National Treasure, we're like, we know it's basically Disney's version of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Even though Disney now owns Indiana Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Coincidentally. um, And it's the National Treasure movies are they're fine. Entertaining for what they are. But it it, you know,
0: they're nothing without the original. (laughs) No, completely agree. Uh and like you said, the Roman numeral ten literally being an X on the floor that marks the spot. Uh I love the bit in the library where the librarian's stamping I was the books. Just gonna say And that. on the third stamp you hear the doom of yeah. the big Oh, I love that. That gets me still every and time.
1: That actor, whoever he is, I yeah. don't even think he's credited. Yeah. Is Spielberg just has this way with some of his bit parts or smaller roles or mm-hmm. almost extras that he just nails the casting. And yes. the look of that character makes the scene even funnier. He's yep. kind of, he looks like, if you look at him, he looks like he's Stan Lee meets Albert Einstein. Yeah, yeah. And it's just this really comedic look to him as he's doing this cartoonish joke. But it, it
0: works perfectly. He portrays it so well. I feel like if this was a modern movie... The director would have gone out and get someone that was fairly recognizable to do that kind of a part, which would have taken away from it because you've been like, oh, that person. Yeah. But the fact that it's someone we don't recognize and probably have never seen again. Right. Right. (laughs) Which is a shame because he's clearly very good at what he does. (laughs) Um, The bringing of the lit torch into the area where the floor is flooded with petroleum didn't seem like a really good judgment call. (laughs) Not for a professor. (laughs) No. (laughs) Let me just uh get some of this off the floor, light it up and, you know. Fire doesn't burn off and fall or anything. And he knows exactly
1: what he's doing. Yeah. He says he could build a well down there and retire. Yeah, so.
0: I know. And then he, oh, man, just like take the time to get a flashlight. Yeah, <laughs> really. I know you just dug a hole in the floor. The but tomb's not going anywhere. No, no. I feel like Indy would be someone that would carry a flashlight. You would think. You would think like at all times. It's something that would come up constantly. He doesn't have a
1: satchel on him at that. Time, no, that's
0: so. true. That's true. Uh, and the, uh, spinning boat turbine during the boat chase reminded me of the plane propeller scene from Raiders. Yes. Yeah. Very, uh, similar to that. Yep.
1: Absolutely. And that, uh, again, that, that whole boat chase scene, it's, I think it's reminiscent of the, the kind of classic James Bond chase scenes. Yes. And again, mixed in with some great comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the whole sequence of him yelling to, Ilsa not to go between them, and she can't hear them, and she's saying yes. between them, are you crazy? And uh, it's just that that line reversal is great because they're both saying the exact same thing just in a different order, so yeah. it totally changes. The yeah. Meaning.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. And there's like you said, there's so much. This, unlike the other indie movies, or not unlike, but more so than the others, have that comedic element to oh, really yeah, balance yeah. everything. I mean, there's
1: there's funny moments in the other two, but but this one is, I mean, this is straight out comedy for yeah. most of the movie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: If we go to the sequence where he's off to save his dad, Henry showed way more concern over the vase.
1: Yeah, which then is yeah, it's a great character introduction
0: for, for yeah. Henry. And it, I think it should be noted too that I don't know how many people realize it, but Connery was only twelve years older, older yeah. than Ford during right. the shooting of this movie. So they really had to kind of kind of like downplay his dress to make him seem like a frumpier. Old guy,
1: right? And as as I got older, I always thought, well, how old is Sean Connery? Because right. he seems so old in Last Crusade, but he really wasn't all that old. He was like fifty yeah, two, yeah, something so like that. So they really, uh, really made him look older. Yeah. Um, and another great scene right before we were introduced to Henry, mm-hmm. which I think. I don't I can't think of another scene where Ford has gone quite this far and over the top in his career. Mm-hmm. But when he comes in and he's playing the the Scottish Lord yes. to get into the castle. Yeah. I mean, it just some great comedic work from Ford with with the accent and just the whole a lot of I think one key thing for the entire character of Indiana Jones is the delivery of the lines and the mannerisms, expressions, mm-hmm. and the timing. And Ford just it's why Ford is Indiana Jones. Yeah. Why it's, he's, it's become so iconic. And it, that is a great example of just something I don't think you ever would have expected to see.
0: It's a shame we couldn't have gotten more of that comedy out of Ford over the course of his career. Cause he clearly has a talent for it. Yes, he does. But if there's any role again that does suit that type of behavior, it's Indiana it's this, Jones. Yeah. 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 The, uh, villain turn of Ilsa. Yeah. Is awesome. I remember being shocked by that. Yep. The first time I watched it, it even though your your subconscious has the suspicion a little bit just because of the Austrian accent. And we're trained in Indiana Jones movies to suspect them. Yeah. So there's a suspicion the whole time. But it's still a surprise when it comes.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they set that up so well with the I mean, again, he says the line. She ransacked her own room and I fell for it. Yeah. And uh, I think you're also tricked into it because you have this history through the other movies. You have Marion and Raiders, who's a very tough strong female character and mm-hmm. then you have Willie in Temple of Doom who's more of the damsel in distress. So we've right. seen these two type of characters and at this point I don't think Spielberg's given you enough time to figure out what type of character Elsa right. is. Right. So to get that kind of one two punch of She's a Nazi, and she's a, like one of going to be one of the main villains for right. the, the movie. It's a shock.
0: I love the exchange between Indy and his dad, where Indy uh, says, "How did you know she was a Nazi?" and he says, "She talks in she's her, her sleep, sleep." Yeah, as the first nod to like, well, yeah,
1: and, and then they come right out and say it. When uh, I think they're on the on the zeppelin, yeah. Henry says, "I'm I'm as uh, guilty as the next man," or something, right? I was, says, the next I was man. the next man, <laughs> right. And
0: they they go with that beat several yeah, times yep, throughout, throughout the, the movie, movie, and yeah. it's funny every time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the stuff with Marcus Brody, the hiding in the back of the the Nazi truck, felt very much to me like a kind of Roadrunner Wile Coyote gag.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, that's one where a lot of the critics of this movie have issues because uh, Marcus was such a serious character in Raiders. Mm-hmm. But when you look at Raiders, he really only has one scene. I mean, it's, it's, he's at the beginning when we're introduced to to the character. Mm-hmm. So I think he only has one scene. Um, and then I don't, I, I see the complaint, mm-hmm. but I kind of love. The, I love the, the sequence. Marcus as the comedy, one of the, com- I mean, major comedy points in the yeah. last crusade. And I think it it's using the acting talents of Denham Elliott so well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that this may have been his last film. I know he was sick. I think um, it was when he started this. Yeah, but I I it may have been his last movie. And for for such a great actor, I think that I love that this was his last movie. I think it's a, a great send off. Yeah. Um. And again, I I I get why fans of raiders or fans of indiana jones don't like the marcus element of mm-hmm. last crusade but i i love it yeah i mean the, uh, so many great moments
0: the part two where right at that same kind of moment before the truck takes off and Salah's getting ready to fight the crowd breaks into that circle the fight circle like they yeah. always they, do yeah,
1: yeah they know it's coming <laughs> yeah and talk about another great transition for that scene when yep. you have um that you have Donovan and Ilsa realizing that Marcus has the map, mm-hmm. and Indy yes. goes into this whole long thing. You'll never find him; he'll disappear. With any luck, he's got the Grail already. Yeah, and then it cuts. The- <laughs> Does anybody here speak English? <laughs> right, just Greek? dumbfounded. Yeah, it's Just
0: great. And Sal asked to like save him from yeah. himself, basically. Yeah,
1: and that's something that one of my favorite moments in the movie is after the tank goes off the cliff Mm -hmm. and you have henry sala and marcus all mourning because they think they've lost indy yes and i mean it's it's great work from ford just this exhausted dumbfounded look as he's kind of like what's everybody looking at And and then you have marcus trying to piece together he's pointing at indy and pointing at the cliff and he's just so confused and it's this another just great moment
0: yeah and i don't remember seeing that type of a gag done before i mean i'm sure though that type of particular gag had been done in other things but not like that not where like someone had died and they came back up and right
1: right and it, it it's just it's that great mix of humor and uh A dramatic moment Mm -hmm. for the characters yeah i mean we as an audience i don't think anybody sitting in that theater at the time or seeing that movie for the first time think oh indy just checked out right
0: (laughs) right but like what what, how long will we (laughs) get to this one (laughs) well that's it (laughs) all right guys good movie (laughs) um the when they're tied up in the room the the Place starts light on fire again kind of a comedic moment to put them in danger when he drops the lighter yeah and there's always a secret room behind the fireplace <laughs> our
1: situation does not improve. yeah <laughs> and that's another just one of my favorite moments and it, it nails the father-son dynamic between indy and henry and mm-hmm. just the chemistry between ford and connery so well when they're dad what dad what and they're going opposite directions yeah head for the fireplace yeah and, yeah um, that to me that really kicks off the the banter between the two of them that yep. continues for the rest of the movie
0: and their heads looking back and forth are almost in a way exactly the same as when the fireplace door starts rotating and they get stuck on opposite sides it's yeah. almost the same exchange where they're keep trying to communicate with each other and they keep missing right. and Not i love that sequence way. yeah, that, yeah.
1: That, Kind of, I mean, the danger element kind of bondish, but then mm-hmm. it, ha- it just has this Indiana Jones quality yeah. to it with, with the, the comedy and everything else going on in the scene.
0: And as always, sheer luck prevails. Right, right. <laughs> as it does for Indy ever. One of the visuals that comes into my head anytime I watch this movie or when I think about it is the visual of Indy on the motorcycle with his dad in the sidecar with his bag and his cane absolutely on his lap. Yeah. For whatever reason. That's like one of two things. The other one's obviously being way later in the Temple of the Sun. But visually when I think about shots in this movie, I think about that specifically.
1: Well, and that that's one of the the best shots in this movie mm-hmm. is it's the close up of um I think it's when they've the chase is over and they've stopped and it, it's Ford looking to Connery. And Mm -hmm. Connery's got the bag and the umbrella and it's this beautiful blue sky in the background with the mountains and it's just a a tremendous shot. But again, so many great character moments throughout that entire sequence. Mm -hmm. The the scene where um, Ford throws the pole into the spokes of the motorcycle and destroys the motorcycle and he just turns towards the camera and he just has this grin on his face. He's so proud of himself and he just looks (laughs) to Henry because he wants his dad to recognize this moment. Yes. And Connery just shrugs and takes out his watch and checks the time. And it's just it sets up the two
0: characters so well. The whole movie. It's Indy looking for acceptance and his dad not giving it to him. Uh, Jumping towards the book burning scene when we got the Nazis all over the place. We see signs that Ilsa maybe is not as evil as we thought she was during the initial turn.
1: Yeah, there does seem to be a bit of a conscience that starts showing Mm -hmm. up
0: she seems to be very concerned about the books that are being burnt. So she actually has an affinity for the arts and she seems generally upset that Indy didn't come back for her specifically in just the journal.
1: Yeah. And before earlier, before I said you find out she's a Nazi and I'm, I, that that may be a bit too presumptuous. Mm-hmm. We don't, I don't know that we really do know what Ilsa's motivations are. Mm-hmm. Maybe she is in this to find the grail. Maybe yeah. she is just aligning herself with the Nazis. So I think that there is that hint that that maybe she isn't the villain we think she is, Mm -hmm. and there is some remorse there for for what she's done. Which is something
0: I definitely don't think I picked up as much on as a kid.
1: No, yeah, definitely not.
0: It was more of a subtlety that was placed. Yeah. uh, yeah. Hitler signing the Grail Diary, that's a weird thing to include.
1: Yeah, and I think, again... Still sits a little odd. I think it's it's Spielberg's just uh, sense of humor combined with... Because, I mean, it's... It's a funny, awkward moment, mm-hmm. but it is just kind of not out of left field. But I think it is Spielberg just reminding us that that these movies are based in history, and right. they're you know that's what he's doing is mixing this fictional character with with world history. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> a strange moment. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. I don't think I at at nine I don't think I would have known the significance of that. No, so I definitely it just did not. Plays like, well, some guy's signing the book. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. You don't you don't get the joke.
0: Yeah. Uh jumping to the Zeppelin. My favorite quote of the entire movie is in the Zeppelin scene. No ticket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. It's the movie. best. And everyone just whips out their tickets after he throws a guy out the window. Yep. Love that line so much. Delivery's perfect. Timing's perfect. Yeah, So well done.
1: Reused really well by Kevin Smith years later. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh The plane attempting to fly through the tunnel, another kind of Looney Tunes type idea. Yeah, and then the body see, skidding past <laughs>
1: you see the pilot exchange the look <laughs> with the driver. And yeah. And one, one of the best lines, I, I mean, I remember quoting this all the ways as a kid,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. to me it was so funny. And it, I mean, it is a funny line, but made all the more relevant recently with what happened to harrison ford is yes why yes land no <laughs> <'cause he laughs> let's go from the zeppelin in the biplane
0: right right <laughs> brutal um and then again another looney tunes bit kind of comes up during the tank battle where he sticks the rock in the barrel yeah, yeah. to the point where it even like splinters and Splits, fans yeah. out like that which is something you see in cartoons yep. all the
1: time and that's more of the reason that he never could have gotten got bag caught on it because yeah. that's after the gun is split. Exploded. Oh, that's so true. It's all split when you see it.
0: Was it maybe the other side? I don't yeah, know. I'm don't know. I'm trying to justify it in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> no, I probably can't.
1: And that going back to the plane scene for for a second. Yeah. Um, another great comedic moment, which I I feel this entire podcast is just going to be us saying <laughs> great comedic uh, together. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, when oh, he's yeah. telling his dad to get the gun and shoot at the the other planes. And he says, 11 o'clock, dad, 11 o'clock. He's like, what happens at 11 o'clock? And he's checking his watch. Just just great, great performance from o- Connor. Or
0: when he shoots the uh, the tail.
1: Yeah. and they- <laughs> I'm sorry, son. They got us.
0: Yeah. Didn't own up to it because he doesn't want to look bad in his son's right. eyes either. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's that reversal of. Yep.
0: yep. Yeah. So they both are like very held up with their own kind of ideas of each other. And yeah. they haven't let their guard down at all until when the tank actually does go over the cliff, like you said, and they do that bit. Um, it's the first time his dad really shows any concern for him.
1: Yeah. And also when in that scene, when Harrison Ford is hugging. Sean Connery and he just has this look on his face of getting this hug from his dad and just it's pure comfort and he just like kind of settles in on mm-hmm. his shoulder and
0: it's and his face becomes 10 years old
1: yeah it, it's such a great performance it from is. I mean at this point this is his third Outing as Indiana Jones, so we know he can nail the role, but yeah, there's just so many added layers to the performance in this movie. Yeah. And that I mean that's a major one.
0: Something that didn't hit me as a kid, but definitely hit me more watching it this time too, is when Henry says, All I need it would have only taken five minutes. Five minutes, yeah. Which yeah. is like such a deep message, just kind of wedged right in there that you could overlook, but
1: Yeah, and he he finally acknowledges. Yeah his fault in in where their relationship went wrong.
0: And then as soon as soon as everything's okay, it's right back to the old relationship. relationship. Let's go. What are you sitting around for? (laughs) When we're so near the end. Yeah. And I love that his hat comes rolling in out of nowhere as if it's like a part of him. Like there's no, you can't try to explain the physics of it or anything. It's It's just the hat needed to come back.
1: And then if you look at it, if you look from the direction where the hat rolls in, That's a cliffside. Yeah. But again, it's it's zero sense
0: and it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's still great. I have the next scene as jumping to the temple of the sun and kind of like the third act of the movie, which always reminded me of. And maybe this is why my this was my favorite as a kid, aside from just the comedic aspects, was that the third act really reminded me of a video game where like he has three levels he has to get through and conquer each of these puzzles to get through them. Yeah. So that definitely stands out to me. The gunshot that hits Henry such emphasis on that sound that was like a yeah. crack of thunder,
1: yeah, and it's I mean the sound- again sound effects are something that I think we we haven't delved into, but so key to these movies, mm-hmm. particularly in this one, and that is one that definitely stands out,
0: yeah, the whip always sounds amazing, yep, every yeah. single time, even when sometimes he's just like putting it away, it's yeah, like it's <laughs> just <the> sound, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh Ilsa again proves she's not. All that bad because she shows sincere concern with her Henry when he's shot.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um I, I mean that's you see her reaction, Sala's reaction, Marcus's reaction, and mm-hmm. it's it it's that combined with the sound effect uh, yes. is what really sells that that scene. And now, I mean, you've been become emotionally invested in this character, but mm-hmm. now to see the reaction from those other characters, including Ilsa, to have her react like that, it really sells the moment.
0: Totally. When getting through the blades, the penitent man, it makes a lot of sense to me that he would duck and avoid the first one, that's the riddle. It's but never sat right with me, the roll in avoiding the ground one. He would have no way of knowing.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that is just instinct on Indy's part. Mm-hmm. It's just, and there's, I've had the same thought over the years. Right. And I think you just have to chalk it up to.
0: I mean, it makes Indy sense. That's how you would get through as fast as possible. Let's say there were a second blade and you didn't want to stand up again. It makes sense to roll. Yeah. But with the, the clue that was left, then you would think all the blades should be at that height instead of having any ground ones.
1: Right. And that that actually, it, I just thought of this where Indiana Jones is a professor, so you would expect him to be kind of the thinking man. Mm-hmm. He does have to solve these puzzles and yes. is that element to the character, but he's also a man of action. Mm-hmm. And he, a lot of times throughout these movies, takes action without thinking it through. Right. And I mean, there's the great line in Raiders where he says, I don't know, I'm making this up as I go. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that stays true to that character Absolutely. The series,
0: so. Absolutely. The cool use of the force perspective for the leap of faith. Leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. As a kid, I don't think I got that as much because I was unaware of forced perspective. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah.
1: That was always, whoa, how did they do that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But now it's just really awesome. Ilsa gets a smirk on her face when Donovan starts to die. Another sign showing yeah. that maybe she chose the wrong cup on, on purpose. purpose.
1: Yeah. I was I was just going to say that. And then one thing I just have to go back to this because. Yeah. It, as a kid, I had the official storybook to Indiana Oh, Jones, yeah. And there was a scene in the um, path of – wait, the path of God? The name of God mm-hmm. sequence where he's stepping on the stones to spell Jehovah. And the scene is Ford on the stones looking down and he has a giant tarantula crawling up his chest. Hmm. And that was – I think that was my first realization that when movies are made, not everything that is – part of the movie makes it into the movie. Right. Because it drove me nuts. I mean, this was long before you ever knew of deleted scenes and and that kind of thing that Mm -hmm. became popular with DVDs. But, and I just always wondered, like, what happened to this scene? Where did this scene go? Right. And to my knowledge, I don't think they've ever released deleted scenes that I mean, at least all the deleted scenes right. they have, and that's one that they they must have shot because I I have the photo evidence. I still have the book, and it's and I, I have read about it over the years that there was this sequence where it, instead of the fall through yeah. a giant spider or combined with the fall, a giant spider's crawling up it, so. I
0: don't think that when the, when they do do that same puzzle, uh, I always wondered about how terrifying it would look if the fake floor panels were not there. Because he's essentially just stepping on giant pillars right? that don't really – when he falls down, I didn't notice any necessarily, but
1: – Yeah, and I think that's – this is my – the way my mind works with mm-hmm. it. Having seen the photo of that, of that for years, I think the book came out when the movie did, I've always – Chalk that up to when he, I think he steps on the O because he says oh, mm-hmm. O and then the back of his heel hits one of the fake balls. Right, right. I always assume that's where the spider came from. Oh, uh, okay. The, so that's just my mind play, sure. playing with the photo I've seen.
0: Sure, so. sure. His dad calling him Indiana to save him at the end was like uh, uh, showing some true acceptance of his son.
1: Yeah, such a such a key scene. I mean, maybe the key scene for for this movie is because um, he's giving up what i mean at that point there's the reversal again of mm-hmm. indy becoming his father and that's, yeah. that's been his life search is to find the grail and there it is with almost within arms grasp mm-hmm. and he like ilsa is just dad i can get it i can get it and finally it's the indiana indiana let it go
0: and it seems like his voice in those moments and his like his whole mannerisms just change, change. Yep. and he becomes the father that indy always wanted there yeah and then yeah
1: yeah and it's and I mean that just leads in perfectly to the last scene where where finally we we find out where the name Indiana came
0: from <laughs> from the family and, dog, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then Sala's reaction to that is perfect and yeah. that's something we we haven't talked about, but uh as much as Denham Elliott as Marcus Brody, but John Reese Davies as Sala. amazing a, in another total transition and flip flop from. The role Raiders, sure, um, and just some—I mean, the whole sequence with the camels—I mm-hmm. just, I love that. And I was actually in India in um, January, and we we saw camels on the side of the road, and that's all I was saying to my fiance as I'm snapping pictures of the camels. I'm like, five camels? I don't—I said no camels. The compensation
0: just, for the car, and she's just like, <laughs> "What movie is that from?" <laughs> And then uh, the classic, riding off into, the, into sunset. the sunset,
1: where the series should have ended. <laughs> and it, but that I mean, that was you know at the time everyone was saying that mm-hmm. was involved with it, that this was it, that was mm-hmm. this is the final movie. And what there's I mean, no it's called the Last Crusade. Right, the title and the ending point to that. And yeah, they, I mean, there was really no better way to end the series. Agreed. And, and a movie. I mean, especially a movie like that where it does owe so much to the serials of the 1930s and 40s and the Bond movies and the movies that Lucas and Spielberg grew up watching and loving to end with the heroes riding off into the sunset. Mm. Um, and then there's that great moment where Marcus almost falls off the horse and you see Indy reaching over and lifting him back on.
0: <laughs> Just for one more joke one more before joke. it's yeah. all over. Yeah, which is great. Any other points you want to hit before we wrap uh, this one up
1: i just i just have to go back to to the dynamic between ford and connery yeah and this is i mean this is my all-time favorite on-screen duo mm. the only duo that can come close in terms of chemistry i think is paul newman and robert redford in mm. butch cassidy and the sundance kid and this thing but i there's just no on-screen duo i love watching more than the two of them and we only have this one movie mm-hmm. i i remember reading that Ford was the original choice for Jack Ryan. Yes. And then the story I read was that since Connery was already signed to The Hunt for Red October, Connery and Ford didn't want to play adversaries so close to having this great chemistry as father and son. And Ford decided not to do the movie. And then that's why when they went back and did Patriot Games as a sequel, Ford was the first choice because that's who they wanted all along. Sure. And. I, I've always – I don't know if that's true. I don't know how verified that story is. I like it though. <laughs> I love it. And <laughs> yeah. That's And uh I just love that the actors knew yes. how well they pulled off that movie. Yeah. And again, there's just – there's so many great jokes, but they're also great character moments. Mm-hmm. And before they get on the motorcycle when – Henry's throwing his bag into the boat mm-hmm. and he's throwing the bag back at him. He's like, "What about we're not going on the boat?" And he says something about, "Has this pretty much been a typical day for you?" And he's <laughs> like, "No, this is better than most." Yeah. And um there's another there's another one
0: uh, where sure he's dodging bullets where they're shooting at him. He's right. like, "This happens yeah, all the time." Yeah they're, yeah, they're
1: trying to kill us. And he's like, "I know, dad. <laughs> it happens to me all the time." Yeah, and I mean, for me that's I I don't think, I know that's, that's what this movie is all about for me. And yeah. I, I mean, there's the nostalgia factor as to why it's my favorite movie, but to me, it's, it's just perfect. It's mm-hmm. entertaining. It's smart. It's funny. Um, there's a little bit of romance, there's drama, there's plenty of comedy. It's, it's just, it's for me, it's the perfect movie. Yeah. I mean, I can turn it on and just know I'm going to be entertained, even though it's, I don't, I've lost track of how many times I've seen it. But yeah. It's probably the movie I've seen. It's probably between this and maybe Back to the Future or Return of the Jedi. is the mm-hmm. movie I've seen the most times in my life. And I, I'm sure this one probably takes it if I, was, if I could calculate.
0: Yeah. Well, I do want to thank you again for choosing this movie because it was a great excuse to go back. And I, I love the Indiana Jones movies. It's one of my favorite franchises, too. And again, this one being my favorite of them. Sometimes I forget because we get flooded with so much stuff all the time. That I forget how much I actually love this movie. It's yeah. so good.
1: And and that's that's what I find with this movie is every time I go back, even though I know and I say this is my favorite movie, mm-hmm. I just I kind of fall in love with it yeah. again all over. Yeah. And it's uh, when a movie can do that, you know it's it's a great movie. It's totally. a uh,
0: what can we plug for you as we sign off?
1: Well, uh, it's on hiatus right now, <laughs> but um, the real conversation. My movie podcast, uh, available for download on iTunes or therealconversation.podomatic.com. And hopefully we'll be back with some new episodes a little bit later in the year. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks again to DJ for joining me this week. And make sure to check out his podcast, The Real Conversation. Random Movie Club is a production of The Geek Generation. You can get every episode along with everything else we do over at thegeekgeneration.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our flagship podcast, The Geek Generation, available both on the site and on iTunes. Thanks to Michael McLeod of Wolf's Den Music for our theme song. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next week when we'll discuss the movie Pitch Perfect. See you then.